sort of have the whole of it now. All right, where we're going is we're still creating our plan, but then we're going to go and do our deed. We're going to find the person, help somebody else do something like this. And we ourselves are going to do more of this intentionally. And then uh, that then we add, we do those deeds with these high intentions and then we do our rejoicing. And that's how we put the four steps together to make it work. And, you know, it's already working, we can see. So, uh, But we need to finish figuring out, we have to finish our plan, right? So we have this list of stuff that are the different kinds of things we can choose from that we're going to help somebody else do for their health to get better, for them to see their health get better so that we plant the seeds for us to see our health get better, right? Um, so now we have to talk about who, right? Who are we going to use as our health help buddy? I hate the word use, but you understand, I think, what I mean, right? Because uh, we are helping them. Our intention is to help them. But ultimately, the way they're going to get help from us is going to be when they finally say, how, why in the world are you doing this? You know, how is it that you're getting fa- better faster than I am? You know, why, why are you, you know, doing these other odd things and you're not sharing with me to do these odd things? Right? They're going to finally ask you and then you're going to talk to them about the four steps. Right? Because that's how we really help them, is by teaching them about mental seeds and doing to others what you want to see come to yourself. That's that's the ultimate help. But we can't like take somebody you know off the street and set them down and give them this lecture about the pen and then go through these lists and have them get it necessarily. Have them right? run away, right, or <laughs> lock you up, right? So so we go about it conventionally. And then show them by our example until they ask. And then by the time they ask, you're so good at it that it will be easy for you to just say, this is what I'm doing. You know, it, it won't be this, have to go through this whole song and dance. Okay. All right, so that's where we're going. So who, to whom, do we want to apply our plan uh, we're talking about karmic seeds, and so we're talking about karmic seeds that we want to be powerful. And according to the scripture, um, the, the karmic objects that are most powerful are, first, most powerful is your personal spiritual teacher, if you have one. If you don't have one, then the most powerful karmic objects are your parents. Whether you like them or not, whether you get along with them or not, whether you believe the way they believe or not, they gave you life. They gave you this life, and they went through heck to do it, right? Mom especially risked her life to save you and then to have you and then protected you 
right? We as infant human babies would not survive more than a day if we didn't have some mother, right? Some being taking care of us. And uh, they do that until till they die, you know? And uh, we owe them. We owe them whether or not we think we do, right? They benefited us greatly. And so if we are choosing, want to choose a powerful karmic object with which to do any of our deeds, good or bad, our parents would be one, right? So whether or not they fit the criteria for your particular healthcare buddy doesn't matter so much. I mean, maybe we're working on our energy level and mom and dad don't have energy level troubles. They have arthritis, you know, or something else. Helping them with their arthritis will be strong enough to help me with my energy. Whereas normally we go looking for someone with something more matchable, right? So we'll talk about. Um, so, so spiritual teacher, parents. Second is anyone who's benefited us in some way strongly. So other teachers are strong karmic objects, coaches, um, you know, neighbors, coworkers, people that have benefited us are powerful karmic objects. And then beings who are in need are more powerful karmic objects than beings who are not in need. So for health, you know, we're, we're looking for someone who's in need as opposed to just Joe Blow, our blessed friend, whose health is great. That would still work. But if we're, if we're trying to do this with enough power to see the result when we need it, uh, we can be a little bit more discriminating. Okay. On the other hand, um, how do we how do we like find our health health buddy? And it's a it's a little bit tricky. You know, for me, I'm not so outgoing, and you know, I don't just march up to somebody and ask them how they're doing and how they get along with their husband and you know, a kid. And it's just I'm just not like that. Some people are professionally. I do it right. I may ask all kinds of weird things professionally, but casually, I don't so much. And yet. It's a kindness to do so, right? Not being nosy, not being pushy, but just being interested. You know, when you say to somebody, hi, how are you? And they say, fine. And then you go on to the weather. Or do you mean, you know, hi, how is your day going? And then listen, as you say. Listen. Mm. Ask more questions. Listen. Ask more questions. Listen. It's a kindness to listen. It's a pleasure to be listened to without being judged, without being criticized, without being given advice. So at this point where we're just looking for who is it that's going to be a good match for me, for my seed making, um, we're just gathering information from our coworkers, from our friends, from our parents if they're close enough by, from you know, from the people around you, neighbors, you know, think through your day, who do you come in contact with, and, and just ask and just listen. Yeah. That alone is going to start the process of this seed planting business, because to 
have to be aware of ourselves just listening with high intention, with high concern and care, plants the seeds for us to be listened to by someone who cares, right? Which, you know, maybe that's all we need out of our healthcare provider. There would be enough to shift how we respond to our treatment, you see? So it's just right at the very beginning, we've set up our I want statement, we're thinking about all these different ways that we're going to help someone help get that same kind of help, and now we're looking for someone with something similar as we have. Now, if we have the seeds ripening in our own life as having low energy, it's very likely that those seeds are also ripening as seeing people around us with low energy. So my lama says, you, you won't have to look far for people who have something similar to you because you're just looking at your own seeds. We just have to ask, right? So then when someone, when it seems like somebody's describing to you some of their concerns and they seem pretty similar to your own and you feel like you might have a connection with them and you're thinking of, you know, I've been looking for my health health buddy, maybe this is the one, you can say something like, you know, I have similar problems. What kinds? Would you be willing to, you know, meet with me sometime, and we can talk about the different things you've tried that have or haven't helped you, you know? And I'll share with you the different things I've tried that have or haven't helped me. Do you see? It's like you're not marching up to them and saying, "Here, I have what you need." Who wants that? You're, you're saying, "Please, please help me." And the seeds that that plant goes like this. That person has seen themselves being asked for help. You've seen yourself ask for help, which is going to come back to you as someone asking you for help and you seeing yourself receive help. Do you see? So it's just this very subtle way of approaching someone where you've listened to them, you you know, feel like you understand a little bit because it seems so similar and hey can do you think you could help me the, some people will go no I'm too busy okay fine you know understand other people will go like you want my help right they may not say it but they'll feel that right it feels good to be asked for help and so you know normally when we hear this 4 by 4 by Geshe Michael in the business then you're going to somebody else to help them with their problem, right? And and to me it's it always felt more powerful when I did this with, you know, my community to go and ask them to help me. And and we we seem to go go together better that way. So I I share that. Right? To ask them for help. Um, then so that's like your first contact. First contact is listen. Second contact, which could happen at the same time, is gosh, I have the same problem. Could you maybe make some time to help me? And then take that opportunity, if they say yes, to actually set a date. Because if you go, I'll get back to you. You know, we've missed, we've missed that golden opportunity. Get out your calendars and set a time soon 
within the next few days or a week and say, you know, meet me at Starbucks. Schedule always uses, I don't know why, somewhere neutral, you know, so you can both get up and leave. Um, and and let's let's talk about it. Right? And then be prepared with a different list of things that you've tried for your thing that you can share with them. You can do some internet sleuthing to come up with some new ones if you want. Think about all these different things as well. And if it seems like the conversation can go there, then maybe suggest one of these other alternatives. You know, like, let's make a pact. You know, if we're both feeling unsafe in our world, let's make a pact, you know, to wear our seatbelt every single time and stop it behind the limit line with every stop so that so that we're improving the safety of others so we can feel safer. You know, deal? Yeah? Or someone with energy level. They say exercise helps with energies. You know, it's never worked for me, but let's try it together. You know, let's meet at lunchtime and we'll go for a walk instead of whatever one would otherwise do. Right? Okay. You know, and you make an agreement that you can both keep without stressing out your schedules, you know, reliable, simple, easy, fun, health-enhancing, life-enhancing something that you do together. Right? You set it up from your own side. You're setting it up for a certain period of time. So you may you may say, you know, let's with your friend, let's do this for a month, and then we'll hash it out and see if we see anything working. Right? Or two months. I, you know, I don't, you have to kind of choose that yourself. Let's do it once a week for two months or let's do it twice a week for a month. Just give yourself a limit and then keep to your agreement and keep to your limit. And at the end of the limit, stop, excuse me, and reassess. How do I feel? You know, redo that little list if you want. How do I feel? What's changed? Um, You'll also be doing the high intention and the rejoicing, right? So you will see a change within that time. We don't have all that information quite yet. But when you're setting up your plan, you find the person, you contact them, you make the date, you have the discussion. You know, gentle, easy, you help me, I'll help you. Make, arrange your schedule for what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. Okay? Simple, easy, workable. And then do it. And that takes us to our step three, which is what you have in mind while you're doing it, right? How you're going to do what you're going to do, okay? So, oh, good. Okay, a couple of things, though, about interacting with other people in, in this kind of way. And one is, it's very possible that when you say to someone, oh, you know, you seem to have this difficulty and I have something similar, you know, would you be willing to help me with it? And they say, no thanks. And our tendency is to like, right? My tendency is to feel rejected. 
Yeah, and uh, the important thing to remember is if we can be rejected by someone, it's because we reject. Yeah, and uh, we can reduce that possibility or if it keeps happening, stop it from happening by recognizing how when and where we are rejecting someone's offer for help and stop doing it, right? So, you know, I know I do this all the time. Someone will say, would you like some water? It's like, no, thank you. It's just like, don't, don't go to any trouble for me, right? I don't, I'm not thirsty, I don't need it. Whereas it would have been better seeds for both of us for me to say, yes, please. Yeah? And I do it so automatically out of, you know, I just don't want to bother someone. I just don't want to bother them. That, that's sort of like been my MO since I was a little kid. Just stay out, of everybody, stay out of everybody's way. You know, be kind when I have the opportunity, but don't interfere. And it's missing an opportunity for them and me. Right? So it's not a kindness. It's a, it's a kindness to not be an obstacle. Right? But it's not a kindness to not allow them to do what they've offered to do, right? If it's legal, if it's moral, if it's, you know, truly something helpful, you see? So there may be ways, little ways, that we're rejecting people's help that we have in our mind as being positive, but if we're having the experience that we're trying to find somebody to help and we can't find any, look, look at this. Okay? If you don't have this, then you're not going to have any trouble. Right? You'll ask somebody to help you and they'll go, wow, great idea, I'd love to. Right? And they'll make room for you in their schedule. You see, if you have better seeds than me. So it's like when we come up with these obstacles in this whole process, look to see where they're coming from. Because right? they're always coming from here. And it's probably something we're doing in just some small, subtle way that we're not paying attention to because we don't think it's a... Uh, we don't think it's an unkindness and yet it's coming back to us in a way that is not helpful okay and the second is don't get pushy don't get critical don't get, you know, fanatical about this as much as we want to, right? I mean, I'm being fanatical. But don't be fanatical with this health, health buddy, right? It will just push them away and push you away as well. Nobody wants to be told to be a vegetarian because you said so. Nobody wants to be told to drive more safely, because it implies you think they don't drive safely. But you might come up with that idea together, yeah, and that's different. So th- this interaction that's going to go on with this healthcare buddy at the beginning will be really, really, it needs to be really sensitive. Um, and start from this, these ordinary ways in which we improve our health and then as we interact with them during our 
doing the deeds with high intention, we uh, we like discuss the way things are going for us in a way that plants these little seeds. Okay. If we have a particular illness, support groups is another thing that comes to mind. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't, my own personal opinion. Although I've recommended support groups, you know, to patients all the time, I was like, oh God, you know, a support group, you've got to be kidding. But they are like the greatest thing when you understand about mental seeds. You know, to go to a support group, you're seeing yourself help many people, and you're seeing those people helping many people. It's just totally an upward spiral. So, of course, it's a positive thing, you know. Does that mean everybody gets benefit from a support group? No, because you might be some jerk like me that has this wrong idea about them. But, you know, mental seeds-wise, support groups would be a great place to start if you're too shy, you know, to do the one-on-one something or other. Yeah, find a support group. Call your doctor. Call the psychologist. You know, ask. Call the hospital. There are support groups everywhere for just about everything. Yes. <laughs> and it's really, really great. That, I mean, I would love, you know, in my like fantasy, that we would have karmic, karmic, karmic health, health management, karmic health management specialists running support groups for everything. Because it's like people would just heal themselves, you know, learn to heal themselves. And then all you would need healthcare for is the, you know, disasters that we're great at, you know, putting bones and tissues back together, stopping heart attacks and stroke and midstream if you can get there fast enough, you know, surgical repair of terrible things. Western medicine can't be beat at those things. Western medicine saves lives. But it doesn't heal people. We've all the health trying to get healed and cured things that we've done up to knowing this stuff has always been directed at I will do this for me. And now we're saying, no, go find somebody else to help them do that so that what you do will work for you. Which one feels more selfish? The old way, doesn't it? I will do this for me. I will take my medicine for me. I will go swimming for my arthritis to get better. As opposed to, I will take my neighbor and we'll go swimming so that my arthritis will get better. To the hour. Yeah, yeah. Although you don't know for sure whether hers will. But until she understands the thing about seeds, and then she can be seeing herself taking you swimming, and you're seeing yourself taking her swimming, and it works. Yep. When it's going both ways, it works. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's where we're trying to go. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything. I have on my list about this helping stuff is uh, soup kitchens, animal shelters, volunteering at hospitals. I think we had that in here as well. Places where there are beings in need. 
uh, are places where you can either find someone in need or at least go and serve a whole bunch of people in need. Right? Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about making this plan and finding one person that you're going to interact with. And that's, the power in that is because of the intention and the, you know, having to actually go and interact with one person. But once we have this different framework in mind, we can, uh, we can go and do our volunteering at a soup kitchen, you know, one night, twice a month, and do it saying in your mind, I'm, I'm serving these people in need as a life-enhancing deed, right? I'm, you know, somebody would have done it if I wasn't here, but nonetheless, I get to be here. And I get to do this, and I get to see myself bringing people some happiness, bringing people some nourishment. And so I can apply that. You know, I can apply that to my health, help deeds, even though they're not technically my health help buddy, right? They are for the moment, you see? So all these different ways that we personally can do life-enhancing things can be part of our plan. We should still try. Hold the thought. I see it like cooking. Um, we should still try to do this thing with a, with one person. Um, but it may be that you know you can do a little bit of a lot of these things regularly mm-hmm. with just this new frame of reference, and you can make a whole lot more seeds mm-hmm. all day long that you can't do with just one person for a couple of hours, once or twice a month. Okay, so last thing is, mm, what all of this means is that it is really, really helpful to know stuff about people, to know what kinds of life-enhancing things they do. If I hadn't known that David had been vegetarian for 30 years, if I hadn't known that he held that little hummingbird until we got it to the rescue place, if I hadn't known that he'd put up the lightning rods, I wouldn't have had those seeds to rejoice about. Right? But the only reason I knew all that about him is because I've lived with him for the last 40 years. I haven't lived with you guys. You know, I don't know what kind of things you do on a regular basis. So if you were to call me and say, oh, God, I've just gotten diagnosed with blah, 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 I wouldn't know what seeds you have. I could call on my seeds, and I would, and I'd liberate those earthworms like mad, but it, it behooves us to understand each other, to, to hear about each other. Right, to ask about each other so that we know, you know, what our neighbor, what we can rejoice about about our neighbor when that neighbor gets sick. Do you see? Yes. Right, so what about when I get my diagnosis of breast cancer and I email all of you guys and you don't know what I've done or not done. You don't know what to rejoice for. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a, it's helpful to get to know people.
Okay. So that was supposed to be the last thing, but I have one more. And that is that uh, check. we need to check our minds for preconceived notions of what we expect our results to look like. Our, our expectations will be limitations. I will expect, if my I want statement is I want my headaches to stop, and I go help somebody else with their headaches stopping, I will expect that no more headaches will ever come to me, which means that when my doctor gives me a medicine that stops the pain in a couple of hours instead of the 18 hours it usually took, I won't think of that as progress. In fact, I'll think of it as a failure of my seeds because I still am getting a headache and I have to take the medicine. Do you see? Mm-hmm. Whereas I could be thinking of it as, oh good, it's working. You know, Now I'm down to two hours of pain instead of 18, but I'm still getting these darn things. I need to more seeds. More seeds. Do you see? Mm-hmm. So when we're we have our I want statement and it is for a result that we want, check to see if you have a way that you expect that result to look and try to cancel it. And the the fun or the magic of this whole game is to start to watch for how these seeds are ripening so that you can relate them to the deed that you're doing so that you can get proof that it's working like I got proof so that you can then spur yourself on in doing more. So just as an example, you know there are days when you're in a hurry and the parking lot is full but there's the parking space you need, right? Coming here tonight. You know, there are other days it doesn't happen at all, but there it is. We can think, oh, you know, thank you. Or we can think, ah, that was there when I was in a hurry because I remember letting that person go in front of me in line at the bank. You know, is it really? By connecting the dot like that, it becomes really. Yeah. And then the next time you have the opportunity to let somebody go ahead of you, you know, they look like they're in a hurry and you're not. To let the plants eat the, the tomato bugs to eat the plants. To let the worms eat the tomato plants. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you, you don't, you do it knowingly. You're doing it because you're planting the seed. Not so much because I want to be able to go have that parking spot when I need it, but I'm doing it to be kind because I want more kindness in my world. And that kindness will show up in some funny way. And if you think, oh, there it is, thank you. I'll do that again. I'll let somebody ahead of me. I'll let the car cut me off and not get mad about it. So it'll change the way we are on this automatic react mode Mm -hmm. to automatic create mode, which is what we're trying to do. Yeah? Okay. Okay. So you learned something tonight that you will use to help that person, whether you know exactly what that is or not. uh, The seed is in there. So now, at the end of class, just think 
of that goodness that you have this seed inside of you that you will use to help someone someday hopefully sooner than later and be happy that it's there like hooray it's there and then just like let it fly out to the universe because then it does this it feeds back in and goes back out and feeds back in and goes back out and it never won't run out okay okay so thank you very much maitri karunam muditam upeksham maitri karunam muditam